Frederick and Maggie. And we are live. Uh, welcome to Ready Row USA. This is Charlotte Pierce, the producer, and I'd like to introduce uh, our panelists today. We're talking about rowing to recovery, uh, specifically breast cancer, but other types of physical and mental issues that people have and depend on rowing to, to help them um, on the road to recovery. So Amy, um, you're our host today and I'm gonna toss it to you when we when we uh, get through the, the introduction things, but uh, you're with the head of the Charles. I am, I am, and thank you for having me back. It's great to be back, Charlotte. Yeah, I was, we had you on to talk about the, the virtual head of the Charles and that was a huge success. I it think, was a so. huge, huge success. So yes, it was, it was great to be here to talk to, talk to everyone about it and it was great yeah. to see it all happen. It's like the gold standard of virtual events now, I think so. Um, and then we have uh, Kathy Frederick with Row for the Cure. You want to wave to the, the people, Kathy? <laughs> and we have Maggie Dwyer who has just come on with Recovery on Water Row and you're in Chicago, right? Yes, thanks for having yeah. me. You're welcome. Thank you for being here and, and uh, talking about this really critical, um, inspiring, movement of for a rowing and breast cancer recovery. So I'd like to um, go through our, our little quick, a quick little intro here. And we, we are ready row USA. We're in our, this is our 85th episode. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we're coming up on our two year anniversary in uh, December. We had uh, Mark Wilson and and Arshay Cooper on the first time, I think. Yeah, I know, two of my favorite people. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we are doing Rowing to Recovery. It's, uh, as we've been chatting before the show, um, rowing is uniquely suited for recovery. <laughs> <laughs> From breast cancer to uh, addiction to mental health, and we'll be focusing on breast cancer um, programs, the Row for the Cure and Recovery on Water in particular. And um, there's enough to say about that, but we'll make this a regular feature too. So um, I'm Charlotte Pierce. I'm the producer and I have a, a publishing company that produces this show called Pierce Press and some, we publish books as well. Amy Mayer is the head of the Charles Regatta race director in her, uh, one of her lives, <laughs> and and uh, Maggie Dwyer of with Recovery on Water and Kathy Frederick are here with us. Uh, we are published, uh, produced by, distributed by um, Rowing Chat, the Rowing Podcast Network. We have several podcasts on the network, and we are distributed by them. We're also um, available at PiercePress.com/podcasts if you want to revisit any of the. The episodes you can see them there. Um, gotta get our sponsors in here. We appreciate our sponsors. Our, our executive producer Rebecca Caro and Marlene Royal um, have put out. They're launching a new mass magazine for Masters Rowers, which is all of us here today. <laughs> and they um, have four in-depth articles per month, plus a really cool um, series of interviews, lifestyle like equipment and so forth. Um, really knowledgeable folks in the rowing world. 
and Kang Hua UK for all you people who've been looking for a single, because I know you're looking for a single. <laughs> um, they have one for sale. <laughs> so I guess they wanted to be on, on to kind of advertise that they have, it's a Chinese made boat, but a very nice boat. And you can get um, try out a singles near your home club if you contract UK sales at kanghua.co.uk. And all that complicated stuff will be in our show notes. So don't even worry about writing it down. It's just, just all you need to remember is that there's a single available and you can have it for 6,000 pounds. <laughs> um, I'm going to uh, turn it over to Amy and y'all. And uh, if you need any particular slides, just let me know. We are going out on audio podcast as well. So don't worry too much about, um, you know, the people who are watching and, and will be able to watch later on YouTube and Facebook can uh, see our visuals. But that's about it for me. And I'll come back on at about um, 7.25. Excellent. Well, Charlotte, I really want to thank you for, for having me back. Um, and I'm really excited to be joined by both Kathy and Maggie. Um, what I thought I might start by doing for folks, um, as Charlotte said, the head of the Charles just happened. And for me, rowing uh, really was the reason that I was diagnosed with breast cancer at 37 years old. Um, and it's um, been very much um, basically what happened for me. The short story was I I was having a sore lap muscle on my left-hand side at 36 years old. I had a mammogram. I was totally fine. I went back the following year because I was on the cycle at the hospital for my mammogram. And lo and behold, I had um, DCIS, so ductal karma in situ. So very, very early form of breast cancer. Um, but I had no family history. Um, I had no lump. There was nothing I could feel. Um, and it was found on a 3D mammogram. Um, and that diagnosis uh, was actually July 15th of 2014. Um, up until that point, you know, I had been training, I had been rowing. Um, and really for me, um, what I did, and actually it was my surgery that was July 15th, but I was diagnosed in uh, May of 2014. And really between May and July, I rode every day and I put my heart and soul into getting in as best shape as I possibly could in advance of my surgery. And given my age at the time, I was uh, 37 years old, um, I made the decision because I was still wanting to have a family. I didn't want to have uh, chemo and radiation. Um, I was a really good candidate for what was uh, what's called a nipple and skin sparing mastectomy. So basically um, had the mastectomy, did reconstruction at the same time. Um, I went in for my surgery. Um, you know, I was sort of one and done with the surgery. And basically from July until that fall, that October, I set the goal to row in the head of the Charles Regatta. Um, and as someone who's, you know, I volunteered for the head of the Charles for almost 25 years now, it was the 50th anniversary that year of the head of the Charles. And it was very, very important to me personally, <coughs> excuse me, that I participate um, in the Charles that year. Um, so I recovered, I rode in a launch as long as I could before my surgery, excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, I rode in a launch as, as far as long as I could before my surgery. And basically I got back in a, in a boat two weeks before the head of the Charles and I actually ended up rowing in a four and I know Charlotte just brought up that picture. Um, so I know for me, 
Every year, the head of the Charles has very, very special meeting. I remember that picture being taken. I was rowing under the Elliott Bridge with these other um, three lovely ladies that you see in this picture and that coxswain. I was wearing bright pink, um, and I think I had all of my doctors, nurses, social workers, and everyone screaming down the Charles River, um, go Amy. And it will be a day that I will never, never forget. Um, I also did fundraising that fall for an organization called Pull for a Cure, which is affiliated with uh, the Making Strides of Boston Breast Cancer Walk and is actually an organization that was um, started by um, Dan Aziz, who is actually a Brown University graduate. Um, and I had the opportunity to not only row, but also do fundraising. Um, and since then, I've really tried to be, um, because I was diagnosed under 40, I've really tried to be an advocate in the rowing community as well as in the greater Boston community for breast cancer research and early detection. Um, as you can see, um, in the next picture that Charlotte's showing, um, I was on the front page of the Telegram and Gazette. Um, it was actually the following year in uh, 2015. I rode with my mixed doubles partner, Harry Sangarath. Um, again, we wore pink um, and in every single head of the Charles that I've rode since, um, I've sported pink um, to recognize um, and honor um, and feel strong myself for, for obviously now being a survivor, but to show uh, support for all of the other men and women out there that are affected by breast cancer. Um, and I was actually featured as one of the stories of hope uh, for the 2015 uh, Making Strides for Breast Cancer Walk. So I um, did a keynote speech um, with Channel 7 um, at the Hatshaw in Boston, which was really, really cool. Um, so I'm thrilled to be here tonight uh, with both Kathy and Maggie um, because for me, rowing was a way for me to uh, really take my life back and to really focus and be strong during my journey. Um, so uh, Maggie, I don't know if maybe you want to um, kind of talk a little bit about recovery on the water. I mean, I know for myself, obviously, you know, I obviously used rowing as a means of like gearing up for my surgery, but obviously I've continued to row since to stay in shape. Um, but can you maybe just sort of initially talk about your organization and how it really helps uh, men and women. Yeah, thank you, Amy. Um, and what a powerful story. That's that's truly amazing. I, I am lucky enough that I have not had a breast cancer diagnosis, but I'm a rower and it makes me so happy to hear that women, you know, going through a really tough time in their lives, rowing is their light at the end of the tunnel. And that, that's been really, really awesome for me to learn. Um, so like Amy said, I am the executive director of an organization based out of Chicago called Recovery on Water. Um, we were founded in 2007 and we are a rowing team, fitness community for women with breast cancer. Um, it is a women's only organization. Um, women join the team at really any point throughout um, their breast cancer treatment. They can join as long as they're medically cleared. People can join as soon as they're diagnosed um, or we do have members who join years, years later um, after a diagnosis. Um, so right now we are completely virtual. Um, we have it's really important for us that we continue to provide exercise for our members. Um, there's been studies that show it can reduce recurrence by up to 50% for some women. Um, it has significant impact in reducing fatigue and symptoms of depression um, and can also help with lymphedema and other com complications that come with breast cancer. Um, so even during COVID, it's been really important to us to still be able to provide that in a safe way for our members. Um, 
these women are amazing. Um, I'm still relatively new to recovery on water. I started back in August, so I've only been here for about two months. Um, and I always, I, I like to say that I feel, I feel doubly lucky because I have not been diagnosed with breast cancer. And even though I haven't, I've still been able to find this organization. Um, and I'm so lucky to have found Roe. So that's a little bit about us. Um, and it looks like Charlotte's putting up some pictures of our wonderful members up here. Uh, they truly are inspiring. They're, they're great. So. No, you brought up, uh, I mean, one interesting thing that I think about, you know, when I was going through it and even now, I mean, I've, I'm obviously six years beyond, um, beyond it. And, you know, I didn't say this in the intro, but I, I, I went through everything. I wrote in the head of the Charles and then two weeks after the head of the Charles that fall in 2014, my mom, who was 63, who'd been getting screened every year, also got diagnosed. So she was back in Boston having surgery a few weeks later. Um, and there definitely is a whole mental component to it. So can you talk a little bit about um, just what you've seen from some of the members and the process that, that you know, and, and how rowing really helps them, you know, manage their stress and, and manage um, the whole mental part of the, the recovery process? Yeah, well, I think um, I think it also stems back to just the support that they're getting from their teammates. I think the fact that they have women to turn to when maybe they're really not feeling great from a mental state um, and they have women that are just like them that are going through, you know, something very similar um, in terms of the the mental effects of rowing. I mean, I think exercise in general, you know, produces endorphins. It's great for anyone, whether they have breast cancer or not. But um, I think in in talking to these women, a lot of them were just really down on themselves. Like they lost a lot of confidence. They some of them had been athletes, some of them hadn't. Um, and for everyone, you know, rowing gave them a way to feel like they were being proactive and a way for them to fight back against this awful diagnosis. Um, and I think it from what I've heard, like some of them were just feeling really helpless and this kind of gave them something to, to be excited about and something to feel like they were making a difference and, you know, creating a, a better path for themselves amidst a really awful, awful diagnosis. So um, I do think it's twofold. I think the support and being around other women is really helpful, but also feeling like they can actually do something about it and they can help themselves by being active and, and finding this amazing sport. Um, I love it. It's so funny. Most of these women never knew about rowing before they got diagnosed with breast cancer and they love it. They are like total rowers. They're like rowing geeks. They love going to regattas. They absolutely love the identity of becoming a rower. And I think that, um, that's really cool that, that they found that post post, you know, a terrible thing in their lives. So yeah, the, uh, you know, I think for myself, I remember one of the, the first women who was sort of one of my angels, I call her, she, her, a phrase she used with me was, you know, you're going to be the warrior in your battle armor ready for battle. And, you know, there's the, there's the prepping and getting through it, but then there's also dealing with it for the rest of your life. And, um, you know, Kathy, you know, being from, you know, Row for the Cure, and I'm super uh, excited that we were able to connect through this Um so one of my goals has been been to try to bring a row for the cure to, to Worcester actually here and get something run. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not running the head of the Charles, um, but it, but these regattas and getting people involved, um, obviously to support. Um, can you maybe start by talking about how you got involved, and then you know, obviously the listeners that are out there, if they were interested in getting involved, how do they do that? 
Sure. Sure. Thank you. Um, and it's just really an honor to be asked to be on this program. I, I very much appreciate the chance to toot our horn. <laughs> um, I started rowing Row for the Cure um, 28 years ago. And uh, at that time, there was not much that I could see in the rowing community nationally that was targeted as fundraisers for anything other than rowing organizations. There wasn't uh, an outreach to society um, to help um, people with disabilities or whatever. There just, it just wasn't there. Um, and I was, I fell in love with rowing because I grew up with dance and got in a boat and it was like dancing on water. So um, when I lost a friend to um, ovarian cancer very suddenly, she was a, a woman who um, was extremely generous and I wanted to honor her. I really, really appreciated the help that she had given me and her diagnosis was, um, she passed away very, very quickly. And so I thought, you know, I hate running. And there's, there were runs all over town and my family were runners. And I said, I hate running, but I absolutely love rowing. So I went to my club and said, do you suppose we could do a little fundraiser in honor of Bobby Cooper? Um, and so actually the first year we did a parade of boats because I'd never put on a regatta before. And uh, it, it a lot was of work. so successful. <laughs> it's just to dive in, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Just run a regatta. Yeah, yeah. So uh, everybody had such a good time. And they said, oh, well, we've got to do this again next year. And it kept going and getting bigger and better organized and more volunteers. And I started hearing about Row for the Cure events across the country. Um, when I started it, I chose um donating the funds that we raised to Susan G. Komen. And the reason I did that is I wanted the funds from our event to go to two things, local programs and breast cancer research. Um, there's, you know, Komen is a big organization. Like most right now, they're really having to reorganize and we are reorganizing along with them. Um, but the idea of supporting local programs for families and patients and uh, Komen does grants um, all over the country and um, American Cancer Society and the other big ones just all seemed so big and so national. And, you know, they would step up when there was a crisis somewhere, but it wasn't it wasn't part of our community in the same way. So in hearing about, you know, other Row for the Cures popping up, I wanted to make sure that they stayed with my vision of, you know, what the organization should be. And I was very lucky to run into people who could help me put that together and put, actually organize a national um, program uh, to help other clubs that put on regattas and to send their funds to their local affiliate of Komen. So over the years, you know, I've had many people approach me um, with their stories of survival. Um, and even though I'm not, a, I've never been diagnosed. My mother was a survivor. She was um, um, 
diagnosed when she was in her 80s, and I happened to be at a U.S. rowing convention um, when when she was diagnosed. I think that was in Florida. Uh, and she has since passed away, but from other causes. I had a great aunt who passed away from breast cancer. And so there, there was cancer, breast cancer in my family. And I started to realize how, how big a deal it is, how far it reaches and learning that men get breast cancer too. Mm -hmm. uh, we made sure that none of our events were women only. Um, in, in rowing, we've got our women's boats and our men's boats and our mixed boats. So Absolutely. we can do it that way. Um, but learning more about men having breast cancer um, and talking to some of them and how it was found for them and so forth. And there isn't a year that goes by that I don't personally know someone who is diagnosed and often know of someone connected to me who ends up not pat not making it you know so it's not anything that I will ever let go of entirely but the leadership is out of my hands now so I just would love to have community I'd love to have a row for the cure in every rowing community in the country um and right now we're just in the last week of our Pink the Boathouse Challenge. And you can go online right now to the uh, rowforthecure.org website and find a link to the challenge um, page and enter. We're getting very close to our $50,000 goal for our very first challenge here. Um, and there's just lots of ways to participate. So I just really want to encourage everybody to, you know, take a look at it and see if you can't fit in, you know, a little something. No, I mean, I think, you know, as an athlete and someone who's faced with something like this, I mean, I think, you know, listening to both of you, I mean, I think, um, you know, one of the first things that, you know, comes to someone's mind, you know, obviously I'm going through it myself is, you know, you feel this this weight on your shoulders and this burden. And I think the sense of community in these organizations, as well as the rowing community as a whole, my advice to anyone that's out there that's listening, who has either been personally affected is, is knows of someone, um, you know, you know, it is Pinktober obviously as it's been kind of stereotyped, but you know, there's so many ways and, and the bottom line is that people are not alone. Um, and I think, you know, for myself, you know, I was the first person diagnosed in my family, but what happened immediately the very next day after I was diagnosed and I started telling my friends who were my, uh, my closest friends or my rowing teammates about what happened, how they all embraced me and helped me get from the day after my diagnosis to the day I rode that head of the Charles through to even today and all of the support that they've given me. Um, that's really what I think got me through. And you know, recovery on the water, Maggie, I mean, it's great that, you know, you're able to pull people together. I mean, I'm sure you see that just the sense of community and, and, and the women coming together. Yeah, it really is amazing. I actually, I want to read this uh, definition. We had a woman who posted in our group chat the other day that she found um, a new term and it's called post-traumatic growth. And it's the psychological transformation that follows a stressful encounter, the way of finding a purpose the purpose of pain and looking beyond the struggle. And she says that post-traumatic growth is what she experienced when she found re recovery on water. So mm -hmm. I think it, it really sums up what a lot of these women find post post-diagnosis. 
No, and it's it's really important because there is there's very much you want to deny that there isn't a mental part of it. But even to this day, I mean, I still struggle, as I like to say, with the demons in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Whether I see an article on the news, I scroll back, scroll by something on Facebook that just strikes a nerve with me. Um, you never really know when you need an organization to support. And, um, you know, I think getting involved, um, I'd encourage anyone, um, Kathy, it's great to see all of the work that you guys have done and how close you are to your goal. Um, and, you know, I'm just thrilled to have had the opportunity to be able to spend some time with both of you tonight and just want to thank Charlotte for mm-hmm. for producing and pulling mm-hmm. them together. And you know, I hope that what we've shared tonight can be a resource to, to everyone that's listening. Yeah, I have to say this has been really inspiring. I'm so glad that, and I, I'm sorry it was so late in October that I got to it, but, um, the, you know, I know rowing has been huge it, part of recovery for friends of mine from all sorts of uh, illnesses and challenges, mental, physical, and often they come together, you know, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, I, I hear stuff like this and I think like, why do I even complain about anything ever? (laughs) But uh, thank you all for being here and let's do it again. And um, you know, there's, there's more to say and and keep me posted and I can put stuff in the show notes and, um, and in our, our regular social media, um, we'd like to support you in any way we can. Um, So, well, thank you so much, Charlotte. Thank you, Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Stick, stick around for a second. And um, I just wanted to mention the uh, the HOCR uh, head of the Charles Gold Cup Foundation. We had one of the uh, ambassadors on the other day in our our episode on diversity and inclusion and uh, Michelle Sosa. She works for Hydro. And that's just a really cool thing that y'all are doing. And and um, and do you know a little bit about that, Amy, or? Yeah, I know. It's been a way for, you know, the virtual event, we just tell all of the the proceeds from all of the the entry fees went to the Gold Cup. So, yeah. you know, it's really, really meant to provide mm-hmm. opportunity for, for um, rowing organizations, yeah. individuals that need support. Absolutely. And it's this is, you know, this diversity and inclusion and accessibility, it will only make our sport more healthy and better. And, you know, just it's it'll be something to be proud of when we absolutely. We're not there yet, quite yet, but <laughs> we're getting there. Um, we are, again, grateful to our, our fabulous sponsors. You can find full contact information on our rowing.chat slash sponsors. And we welcome other sponsors and underwriters to the, to the uh, organization. Um, we would like to connect with you. And here, we, some of our best episodes come from uh, listener suggestions and you know, there's there's a whole world of people out there. We love to um, to connect with you. So use the ro- the hashtag uh, Ready Row USA. No no punctuation, and uh, we'll stalk you on social media and find and award you wonderful things. Um, so there it is, Ready Row USA, and we also have a club news form and a gadgets and gear form. So we like to get your contributions on those things. We, we, some of the best suggestions are like little $5 gadgets. So make your rowing just, you know, sing. So, um, and there, there's expensive gadgets too. We always like the, 
know, the, the range of gadgets. Um, so again, thank you. I'm Charlotte Pierce with Pierce Press and we are the producers of Ready Row USA. We have, uh, we're very proud of our uh, award for uh, a children's picture book we just put out called Who's Hiding in This Book? Again, another theme of diversity and inclusion. And it's called Who's Hiding in This Book? Uh, we're gonna come up on our two year anniversary in a, in a couple of uh, ooh, few weeks. Um, we're gonna call it the Roapalooza. <laughs> I just came up with that today. And we're, we're gonna do club spotlights so anybody has a club um, that you know of, or you know, like out in Portland, or uh, so you're in Portland, you're in Maggie, you're in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, yeah. You know, just it doesn't matter what the news is. It could be like you hired somebody, or you built a new dock, or something. You know, just I just like to get little snippets of of a rowing club life into the show, and uh, that's through our club news form. We can do that. And that's about it. I'm going to take us, this will take us out. And we're actually at 729. We, we actually hit our half hour <laughs> target. But like I said, there's so much more to say. And I, I really appreciate you all being here. Um, so inspiring. You are so inspiring. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Charlotte. Right. See you on the other side. Yeah, all righty. <laughs>